Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. What's up, y'all? This is Tim Einika. Welcome to the library. Today, we interview Patrice Evans, who's the author of Negropedia, the Assimilated Negro's Crash Course on the Modern Black Experience. Make sure you check us out on www.rapstation.com and hiphopgods.com. For those who don't know, can you explain what the Assimilated Negro is? So I started the blog, The Assimilated Negro, in 2005, and um, it started really just as a personal... Um, means of uh, outletting, you know, just ideas. I had a hip-hop group at the time, and we were sort of butting heads in terms of doing little, like, jokey vignette comic bits. Um, It was right around uh, the end of Chappelle's show run, so I was really into sort of that satirical, um, edgy comedy voice, but there was also a problem in terms of fusing that with uh, hip-hop culture and Certainly, if you were an artist or a performer, it was a little difficult. So the blog started out of that. You know, things just took off as I started writing, uh, and it was it was a started as a mix of personal stories and reflections, and then increasingly became more of a a race and culture analysis critic, and you know, still some of the the vignettes and stuff. In the section, you might be a rapper. You list five things that rappers are often accused of. Um, but then you also kind of compare them to, um, you know, writers of a day like uh, Mailer and Susan Sontag, et cetera, et cetera. So I was actually wondering while I was reading it, were you trying to make the argument um, to, I guess, the mainstream that uh, rap should be seen as high literature? Or were you trying to make the argument they could just as easily read this, you know, quote unquote, higher literature uh just as easy as they they consume rap. Yeah, I think, you know, I think it it gets back to that uh, cultural shorthand sort of thing. I think, um, you know, for me, maybe uh, within the internet blog media space, you deal with a lot of writers. You get, um, I was just, uh, during the book process, I did a piece about hipsters for a a literary magazine, N Plus One. And, um, you know, I talked in that, in an essay about, how hipsters is a semantic term that, you know, was never really part of my circle or part of my space. And But the themes that were involved there were the same as things you would get out of a conversation about hip-hop artists. And so to me it seemed more tangible and real to talk about hip-hop artists instead of hipsters. Um, and so the same idea would be here, which is just that, you know, as literary uh, critics or analysts, you know, you might, you know, more easily reference uh, Norman Mailer or Susan Sontag 
um, and not realize that a lot of the same sort of intellectual energy and impulses and creativity are, you know, present in the rappers. You know, just the same reason you're attracted to these writers is the same reason you might be attracted to these rappers if you pay a little more attention. I want to go back to uh, why you started the, your blog, uh, Tan, or The Simulated Negro. Um, I know you started it as kind of an outlet for your other feelings and uh, or and ideas, and I was wondering, as a former member of a hip-hop group, can you kind of explain how, how rap limited, limited you in expressing these other emotions, feelings, etc.? Well, you know, I think um, the book is you know, in some way a, a fight against uh, orthodoxy, and it's orthodoxy of all types. Um, there's sort of a white mainstream orthodoxy, but there's also orthodoxy within black culture and within hip-hop culture. And uh, for me, I've always been a sort of contrarian um, sort of thinker. And uh, at the time, you know, performing hip-hop, I mean, it really still is, even when we saw just recently Kanye and Jay-Z at the VMAs performing Otis. Now, Otis, you know, is sort of a nostalgic song, but, you know, you're also reminded that, you know, the art form, especially as, as a performance, as a performative experience, is very limited, you know. It's, mm. it's a couple guys usually rapping, grabbing a mic, standing in front of you. There's a DJ, if you're lucky, who's doing some tricks and you know showing some skills but there's really little there in terms of visually and then specifically i was interested in the narrative you know in terms of trying to present like a little bit of a story in your performances um some of this you know you see now more with like a a lady gaga um and certainly kanye has become sort of a meta narrative sort of artist so i think i was reaching for some of those ideas for inserting more of ourselves um, into the sort of hip-hop group experience. And it was at a time when, um, you know, it was just much more boxed in and much more, you were much more conservative about representing your hip-hop values and ideals because you didn't want to come off as, you know, I don't know, flaking on the culture in a way. We're speaking with uh, Patrice Evans. He's the author of a new book called Negropedia. I want to get into the, uh, the, the phrase no homo. Um, mm-hmm. You say, you know, one failure of black masculinity is, uh, is the odd, incredibly off, offensive, but widely accepted use of the phrase no homo. So I want to know, what, what, what does no homo actually reveal about the culture? Well, you know, I, you know, um, I was talking to uh, Dr. Uh, Michael Eric Dyson and you know, it's actually been one of the, the more frequent uh, talking points, the no homo stuff and just homophobia and the hip-hop and black culture. And, you know, I'm not sure where we are with it right now, actually. The, there was that album, Lil B's album, that came out recently, so he took a bold step with I'm Gay, titling his album I'm Gay, but even he backed off it with the I'm Happy retreat. So in the book, I, I talk about it as, really an obstacle or hurdle you know i profile it a little bit i think of it as sort of a that's what she said sort of gag Mm. um just a little you know thing a little flourish rhetorical flourish that uh most most often rappers but you know a lot of just people in the black community will add on but it's really so you know it's 
it's so weird and fascinating in terms of you know us who experienced so much intolerance and you know had to struggle through you know this sorts of um epithets and you know just sort of being disregarded and um you know it's something that to me especially with the wit and sort of intelligence of these these rappers in their lyrics you know it's something that you know ad nauseum becomes like wow there's no depth to this joke there's no depth to this thought you right. know in this space we're speaking with patrice evans author of the new book negropedia the assimilated negroes crash course on the modern black experience patrice i want to thank you so much for joining us on uh well my segment the library with tim einenkel and on and you don't stop with chuck d thank you for having me it was an awesome conversation Universal, legendary essence, we truly miss your presence. Give thanks for the blessings you left in the form of music vibrations. Pumping on your stations, we pouring libations, tribute style, uplift the ancestry. Gangstar, jazz and taz, none of romance with beats. Bridging the gap, got you love sick. Timeless music movements, the people love it. Worldwide, no limitation. We step in the arena, deal royalty, mad love and loyalty. To this divine culture we dwell. I hope y'all feel a passion. Time for some action, keep it moving. Blasting such meaningful metaphors. Forever we carry the torch, pass it Make sure it's our classic Drastic measures are taken To keep the legacy awakened No worries, kid, champion sound No mistaken If your worries don't sky Don't look back, just give it a try Trust in all your glory, baby And oh my, there's no one I'm saying If your worries don't sky on fire like the bottom of a spoon traffic in the music inhale and breathe in the tunes like evaporated fumes high like pharaohs unsung heroes watch ancestors paint artistic murals shine like graffiti raw like sashimi from nc to nations where they speak in swahili keep elam feed them what they need to think free and make peace like a treaty like el hasmalik shabazz he emancipated minds from mental alcatraz guru did the same thing with jazz pass the legacy like a baton Carry it and run like the chariot is slung on my shoulders. Yeah, it's pierced from the beast. He's carrying the torch like Prometheus. Peace.
Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.